Hello, Last Week on Earthers. It's Ben Glebe, and I'm, the show's going to start in about 15 seconds. I just wanted to make a quick announcement, if it's okay with you. It's, it's not? Can I? Okay, I'm going to anyway, quickly. Uh, I'll be at the Fort Lauderdale Improv as part of Michael Yo's Hot Mess Show on April 25th at Zany's in Nashville, Tennessee, with Ali Wong, April 26th through 29th. Vegas at the Paris Hotel and Casino with Arden Marine, May 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And I'll be on Chelsea Lately again on April 18th, as well as on May 2nd. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash bglebe. Subscriptions are jumping up pretty good there. Follow me on Twitter, at Ben Glebe, hashtag last week on Earth. Why? Because that's the name of the show. And that show, I told you, it's starting. It's starting right now. Teen sells kidney for an iPhone. Obama and Romney finally trash talk each other. A woman's breasts save her life. Google debuts computer glasses. The economy is growing and slowing at the same time. Jason Biggs attacked by maniacal monkeys. Wisconsin governor repeals women's rights. A politician admits a mistake. And the flying car finally arrives. Plus Twitter answers and the thunder round. All this and more during the last week on Earth with Ben Lee. not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my God, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have the poor or major detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Karen, our death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. This is Last Week on Earth. I'm Ben Glebe. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening yet again, whether it's in your ears, whether you're running right now, or you're in a train, or a subway, or a car ride. Maybe you're in a bathtub. Don't be in a bathtub because you probably, I don't know how electronics work with bathtubs. We don't want a Whitney Houston situation on our hands. Nobody does. Early Whitney Houston, yes, we all want that. We all want that life to be swept up by Kevin Costner and a Hollywood fairy tale. Of course we want that. We all want that. Don't, I'm not trying to say anything bad. The show this week is brought to you by Passover and Easter. Bringing the world together with competing holidays. And guess what? The Christian holidays will always win. They will always beat the Jewish holidays. Oh, what did the Jews get? We'll hide matzah because there was a lot of suffering and we had thin bread. What did the Christians get? Colorful eggs, funny bunnies. You know, it's a, it's a real good time over there. I don't need to go over the, the benefits of Christmas over Hanukkah. That's, that's been well-covered territory. That's who our sponsor is this week. Um, I had an interesting week last week. Went camping for my brother's 31st birthday. Um, and it was super burning hot during the day. And I burnt my entire face and arms. I'm burnt about the face currently. I have, a, I have peeling skin. And then at night, it was like some, some like cavern of, it was God's cat. It was the devil's playground because at night it became sub freezing temperatures. Um, so, you know, it doesn't feel great to burn your face and then freeze because it's like freezer burn is what it feels like. Not that I've ever fro- fr- fr- freezer burned it myself, but I imagine that's what it's like. So much to get into this week, so let's get right into it. A teen sells a kidney to buy an iPhone. Oh, hell no. For real, though? Sold a kidney? For an iPhone, wait till the iPhone 5 comes out. Five people in southern China have been charged with intentional injury in this case. A Chinese teenager sold his kidney so he could buy an iPhone and an iPad. Okay, and an iPad, and then it's legitimate. I'd sell organs to get both. I didn't know the guy, kid got both. Um, the Chinese government-run 
Xinhua news agency said on Friday this is uh, this is a very serious case, and the five people included um, in this allegation is a surgeon who removed the kidney from a 17-year-old boy. The boy is only referred to as Wang. So that's the only part of him he has left that hasn't been chopped off by electronics enthusiasts. Um, he's now suffering from renal deficiency because he has, he doesn't, you know, he get rid of the kidney. Um, and one of the people that or- orchestrated this whole thing was given $35,000 to arrange a transplant. Paid the kid just 3500 bucks on which he spent on the iPhone and the iPad. Um, no one knows who received or paid for the kidney. Um, the way the story was found out, um, this kid is from Anhui, Anhui, one of uh, China's poorest provinces, and the inhabitants usually leave there to find a better life elsewhere. And he came home with an iPhone and an iPad, and his mom's like, where did you get the money for this? And he's like, oh, I sold a kidney for this. And his mother was not pleased with that at all. Um, understandably. Amanda Bynes arrested for a DUI this last week. Um, she was arrested for sideswiping a police car at 3 a.m. in West Hollywood. Um, these starlets cannot stop drinking and driving. Um, Bynes is most known recently for her role in the, uh, 2010 Emma Stone picture, Easy A. But of course, she's more known and more famous from before that, from her big fame, from the uh, 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 from the stuff she was in. Remember that whole thing, the whole thing that she did when it was what was it, Nickelodeon show or something? Was she on that so Raven or something? I don't know. Is is Amanda Bynes Raven Simone? Is there a difference? Anyway, drunk driving has to stop, and L- it's a hard issue because L.A. needs to figure out a better public transit system. I have this issue sometimes. I certainly do not condone drunk driving ever. Yet, it's sometimes hard to get your buzz on and then get home. How do you get there? There's no subway. You know, the bus system is full of murderers. I don't know where it runs. They even have a subway system here in L.A. A lot of people don't know that. It stops at midnight. It stops at midnight. Just when you start getting your fade on, that's when you cut off the public transit. That's like if girls' bodies started at the head and stopped at the belt buckle. So just when it starts to get funny, like, whoa, whoa, where's the most important part? How do I get home? How do I score to home base? Are insects the food of the future? Chef Gene Rurka thinks so. And he wants you to try them out. Rurka is serving hissing cockroaches. At his annual dinner held at the famed Explorers Club in New York, a black tie dinner at the Waldorf Astoria for super rich people, and he is serving them plenty of insects as a meal. Thinks they'll be a delicacy in the future. Is there a chef's license? Can you get it revoked? Can people say that insects are high in protein? I'm not, I'm not gonna know. You cover them in chocolate, people say it's good, it's great. You could probably cover you know, probably cover shit in chocolate. Chocolate-covered shit probably would sell. Doesn't mean it's supposed to be eaten. They're saying when, as it's harder to grow food in the future, it might eat insects as a backup food source. That'll be the day, okay? I'd rather eat pink slime burgers, which we'll get to later. There's an update on the pink slime story from a few weeks ago. GSA spending scandal leads to firings and resignations. The chief of the General Services Administration, a cabinet-level department under President Obama, the chief appointed by President Obama, two of her top top deputies, and four of her managers were placed on leave or fired Monday amid reports of a lavish spending spree at a conference they held off the Las Vegas Strip. Featured a clown, a mind reader, gold coins, and a yearbook, just to name some of it. The head of the organization, appointed by President Obama, Martha N. Johnson, in her resignation letter acknowledged a significant misstep at this agency that manages real estate for the federal government. Quote, taxpayer dollars were squandered. But, here were her words at the start of her tenure at this position in February 2010. 
quote, ethics is a big issue for me. It's right and it's good business to be a responsible steward of taxpayer dollars because they're trusting you with their pocketbooks. So here's why she had to step down. It came out at, that at this conference in Vegas for just 300 employees, these were some of the expenses. $5,600 for three semi-private catered in-room parties. $44 per person daily breakfast. I could have breakfast for seven years on $44. $75,000 for a team building exercise. The goal was to build a bicycle. You could hire a Mexican guy for $9. He could build you a bicycle out of stuff in your trash can. Full working bicycle. And he'll use it to drive to his next gig. So that's the only part is you have to actually make sure you, you get to keep the bicycle. $146,000 on catered food and drinks. $6,000 on commemorative coins and velvet boxes to all participants to reward their work on stimulus projects. The stimulus money that was approved to help save our country from another Great Depression. Let's celebrate our not getting fully out of that situation with golden fucking coins. A $31,000 networking reception featuring $19 per person artisanal cheese displays and $7,000 of sushi. That's the only expense that makes sense because that's three sushi dinners. And at the closing night dinner of the conference, employees received yearbooks with their pictures at a cost of $8,130. This is a four-day conference. And here's the kicker that The Daily Show pointed out brilliantly this week. This was the agency Congress had entrusted with developing the rules that were to be followed by other federal agencies for co- for conferences. They were the ones that would set the amount of spending appropriate and would supposed to be having oversight over other con- other agencies extravagant spendings. Are you serious? This looks very bad for the Obama administration because the size and role of government is a huge issue in this campaign. How much they should spend on what? And Obama was briefed about this right before his South Korea trip last week. And his chief of staff, Jacob Liu, said Obama was outraged. Is this an outrage? Can't you tell I'm outraged? By the tone of my voice. Because this is outrageous. It's probably what he was thinking, the way he said it. Facebook buys Instagram. Facebook has just bought your favorite mobile photo sharing app, everybody. I don't have one, but everybody has Instagram. I gotta add you on Instagram. I gotta, I gotta take some Instagrams. I don't even know what it does. But CEO of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg announced they've bought it for a billion dollars. Quote, for years, we've focused on building the best experience for sharing photos with your friends and family. Zuckerberg wrote, now we'll be able to work even more closely with the Instagram team to also offer the best experiences for sharing beautiful mobile photos with people based on your interests. He added, We also have all your personal information, motherfucker! The social media giant paid a billion dollars just weeks after the company got a new round of funding valued at $500 million. Zuckerberg is like, I'll double it, I'll double that shit, motherfuckers! Come double it! Because I'm rich, bitch! That's very close to what's in his soul, that personality. I believe that to be true. He has an Asian girlfriend. Do you guys know that? A lot of Jewish guys like like Asian girls. I don't understand it exactly myself. I've dated a couple half Asian girls, and I get that because I've done it. But I don't get things that I haven't done. Parachuting, I don't get it. Never done it. No. I mean, I understand it. Asian girls are hot. Just saying. It's a little fun fact. Mitt Romney wins big primaries last week. Huge victories in Wisconsin, Maryland, and Washington, D.C. Santorum was hoping for a big steal in one of those. It means he's practically now locked down the nomination. It looks inevitable at this point. Despite Santorum's triple defeat and the fact he's trailing endorsements, money, delegates, 272 delegates to Romney's 646. Romney's now more than halfway to the nomination officially. Santorum just said, it, it's halftime, man. At a rally in Pennsylvania, it's halftime. 
He's already started campaigning in his home state of Pennsylvania. That'll be April 24th. Very high stakes for Santorum because if he loses there, not only would his campaign be over, it would make him look real bad because that that is the state that he had an embarrassing 18-point loss in his 2006 Senate race. This guy hasn't won in 12 years in Pennsylvania. And Romney's far in the lead and expected to win handily in the April primaries before that, Connecticut, Delaware, New York, Rhode Island. If he loses Pennsylvania as well, Santorum, it's it's done. It'll just be him. It'll just be Romney and Gingrich kicking around. Gingrich working on like six pennies and an angry haircut. You know. Paul Ryan got his budget passed finally. A new version of his Republican budget passed through the House about a week ago. Um, but he got into hot water. He said that he thought senior military leaders did not support the Pentagon part of the budget request made by President Obama. He said he did not believe the military leaders were behind the $525 billion defense budget the president proposed for 2013, which would be down just $5 billion from $530 billion we had in 2012. First of all, how the fuck are you going to notice $5 billion missing from $530 billion? We've got the biggest arsenal of weapons and planes and tanks on God's green earth by thousands of times. We can't save five billion in defense? When the rest of the nation's crumbling, we have bridges crumbling. We could use tanks just as, as putty for bridges. Probably. I don't really know how, how soft tanks are, but assuming you could melt them a little bit and putty, putty them up in some bridge holes. But Ryan said, we don't think the generals are giving us their true advice. That's a quote. We don't think the generals believe their budget is really the right budget. Army got pissed. Army General Martin Dempsey, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, took issue. Quote, there's a difference between having someone say they don't believe what you said versus calling us collectively liars. Well, Ryan was interviewed by CNN's Candy Crowley and said the military is a little offended by your words, Mr. Ryan. In a rare political move. In response to that statement from Candy Crowley, Paul Ryan admitted a mistake. Holy Lord, this day has come. A politician has admitted a mistake. His response to Candy's delicious question was, quote, I really misspoke to be candid with you, Candy. I didn't mean to make that kind of an impression. So I was clumsy in how I was describing the point I was trying to make. He admitted a mistake, guys, and was immediately banned from politics. Wisconsin governor and full-time douchebag Scott Walker repeals equal pay law for women. On Thursday, this happened with little fanfare. No one even noticed. He signed a bill repealing the state's 2009 Equal Pay Enforcement Act, which allowed victims of workplace discrimination to seek damages in state courts. This is now ex- extending the war on women from just reproductive issues and sex issues now to pay issues every We have discovered how to travel back in time. We just reverse progressive laws we've achieved. And you know what? It's it's sad because time travel, I thought, would be a lot more fun. just seems kind of bitter now. It's not a lot of Doc Brown like, damn that kid. We got to get the flux capacitor to 88 miles an hour to go back to the future. Uh Uh-uh, Doc. I don't think you understand. This is actually bad for women. It was a really bad Michael J. Fox. Not a bad Christopher Lloyd, I felt. You know, it wasn't even just for women. That law offered protection from discrimination based on race, age, disability, religion, sexual orientation. And it's because Wisconsin has one of the the worst gender pay parity uh, quotients in the country. They're like 35th in the country. And so he wanted to undo that shit. And he did it. He undid it. Almost every state in the country has anti-discrimination laws. And now Wisconsin does not. Did Governor Walker repeal cheese in Wisconsin too? Are they still allowed to make that there? As long as it's not women or union workers making the cheese. And go right ahead. Levi Johnston knocked up another nice lady. That's right. Levi Johnston has not changed his lack of birth control in ways since he impregnated good old Bristol Palin a few years ago back at the tender age of 18. 
Jonathan's new girlfriend of a year and a half, 20-year-old preschool teacher Sonny Oglesby, is pregnant. Sonny Oglesby? Does anyone in Alaska have a normal name? Anybody. Sources tell TMZ Oglesby is less than three months along, and that's why she's not widely announced the news. Good job keeping that secret, TMZ. Thank you. Jonathan's reported to be very excited, so excited, to quote him, about being a father for the second time. This guy is the most potent sperm around. I bet this guy could ejaculate into a towel. Take that towel to the laundromat. It could get washed in bleach. That bleach could get reprocessed into our rivers and impregnate thousands of fish. That's how potent this man's sperms are. In a creepy story, a Texas man yelled, Go Cowboys! before his execution. That's a fan right there. Jesse Joe Hernandez smiled and laughed at times before receiving a lethal injection for killing 11 years ago. He said, quote, God bless everybody. Continue to walk with God. Go Cowboys! As the drugs took effect, he repeated his appreciation for those who he knew who were there to witness it. Love y'all, man. Thank you. I can feel it. Taste it. It's not bad. So that's a news story this last week. Death doesn't taste bad. I bet you it tastes kind of like Pez. It probably comes out of someone's neck, too. Something like a creepy visual, like a creepy last second visual. From taking a life to saving a life, Ryan Gosling, not just actor, heartthrob, saved a woman from a speeding car. Recently broke up a street fight. Now apparently saved a woman from being hit by a taxi. A British writer, Lori Penny, tweeted, I literally just got saved from a car by Ryan Gosling. She was crossing 6th Avenue in New York wearing a new pink wig. Not looking the right way because she's from London and doesn't know how to look at the right, right side of the street. You can't blame her for that. She's a limey person. Gosling grabbed her away from a taxi. This reminds me of a story from my life. This is not a joke. It's a true story. I need to give thanks to one Jerry Seinfeld for saving my life from a speeding car. Years ago at the Hollywood Improv, I walk in on a comedy juice night, ready to go on stage. Everybody's all aflutter. They're like, Gleeb, Seinfeld was just here. I'm like, what? Seinfeld's never at the clubs. I'm like, where is he? He crossed the street. I run across the street. I talk to him because the time I just sold a show to Fox and we were watching – my writing partner Scott Richardson and I were watching um, audio commentaries of Seinfeld DVDs to like hear about their process. And I told him all that and I was so excited. He's like, oh, it's great. It's nice to meet you. I want to get out of here. I'm a little awkward around people. And I'm like, okay, thanks so much. Nice to meet you. And I turned across the street and a car is speeding like 50 miles an hour down Melrose. I don't see it. I'm so excited to have met Seinfeld. Seinfeld reaches out, yanks me back, and I feel a car whiz through my jacket. He saved my life. That little homage to your theme song was for you, Jerry. Thank you. There would be no last week on Earth if you didn't do what you did. Jeremiah Seinfeld. So the bad news for Pink Slime is good news for all of us. We covered a few weeks ago that the ground brief processor owned by L.A. private equity firm Ukaipa Co.'s and Magic Johnson, I didn't know that part, filed a bankruptcy petition seeking protection from creditors, in part blaming bad publicity over the products containing their Pink Slime. AFA Foods Incorporated is a company. And they said they were struggling to post a profit when sales began to fall sharply because of, quote, from the company, an unfounded public outcry over the use of boneless lean beef trimmings, or BLBT. Um, you were putting ammonia in your fucking beef. Ammonia! Ammonia like a bodyguard, son. Don't put ammonia in your beef, okay? Magic, I love you. I hope you don't use ammonia on the Dodgers. That's not conducive to good ball play. Don't put it in people's, uh, you know, big league chew or tobacco or whatever they're, they're going to use. Um, we got a lot more stories coming at you. And of course, towards the end of the show, we got the thunder round, but I think now it's time for Twitter answers. <laughs> 
This week's Last Week on Earth question was actually submitted to me by at Zep74 on Twitter. Finish the sentence in a perfect world. There are a lot of good ones this week I'm gonna, that were submitted to me by the Brain Trust. That's what I'm starting to refer to you guys as, so some of my loyal listeners, because I feel like you guys always have very insightful, interesting things to say. That's why I ask you to answer questions instead of me answering questions. So you are the Brain Trust, and um, here's the first one. At BTNTHX said, in a perfect world, movies would have sad endings and life would have the happy ones always. Okay, clearly you didn't take into account the impact this would have on the film industry. Because that's a huge part of our national economy. And if all movies had sad endings, nobody would go to the movies. Everybody's life would be too good. There'd be no entertainment. There'd be no prescription drug companies. There'd be no antidepressants needed. There would be no... Ice cream, probably. Because people, sometimes you ask me when they're happy, but more often when they're real fucking sad. So, I mean, it would be nice, but I feel like you just didn't take into account economic effects of it. At Adam underscore McNellis said, In a perfect world, no smoke, no mirrors. Just clarity, accountability, and unity. One part of me totally agrees with you and believes that this is what the Don't Be a Dick Pledge embodies. If we were all just honest, didn't lie, didn't put up false fronts, weren't dicks, we'd have a peaceful planet. The other part of me feels like you have a hatred of magicians. Smoke and mirrors is their stock and trade. Without smoke and mirrors, what do we got? We got guys in funny suits making overdramatic faces and hand gestures. And occasionally getting dragged off stage by angry tigers. That's not a world we want to live in. At Buds and Beers says, in a perfect world, skateboarding would be legalized. Yeah. That prohibition's got to end one day. One day I want to see a world where our children can skateboard not be thrown in prison by the skateboarding police. I don't know if I'll see that world. Miss Andrea Davis on Twitter said, in a perfect world, Ben Glee would be the president. Oh, and we would be married, hashtag last week on Earth. Andrea, I can never be president, okay? I've said things on this podcast alone that disqualify me for running for student body president in my old high school, okay? As to you and I getting married, anything's possible. Andrea Davis, just sent me nude photos, care of Smodcast. Send it right to the Smodcastle. Um, we will all view them. They don't have to be nude. Revealing photos. They don't have to be revealing. I feel like a dirtbag. Fully clothed pictures and essays about why you love life. And then we'll, we'll, we'll banty it about. Thank you for writing though. At B-Ball Hillbilly. Says it would be a perfect world if Asians didn't drive. That is racist. I also can't say I don't agree with that to a, to a certain extent. They're not great drivers. My best friend is Korean. And he's actually, okay, he's a very angry driver. He's an angry Korean man, very angry driver, who cusses at every other driver. I'm like, dude, you're Asian. This is like the pot calling the kettle an Asian driver. You can't do that. At Jeff underscore spin says, in a perfect world, my manscaping wouldn't leave my junk looking like the Lorax. And he attached a picture. I was very afraid to click open. But I clicked it against my better judgment, and thank God it was just a picture of the Lorax's mustache. So why don't you stop manscaping your junk to look like a white, wispy handlebar mustache? That's what I would like to know. At Rosie Carolyn said, in a perfect world, the woman would always climax before the man. Hashtag last week on earth. Hashtag just saying. I feel you. In a different way than you intend. You probably mean the guy would just wait till you climax, then climax himself. I wish in a perfect world, women would just climax easier. That would be nice. At Red Savage Zero says, in a perfect world, all of my girlfriends would look like Felicia Day. Um, All of your girlfriends? Why don't you just, you don't want just one? It's weird. But the reason I read this one is because, lucky for you, Red Savage Zero, my guest next week on Last Week on Earth, you guessed it, is Felicia Day. And too bad it's not we're, not, we're not releasing video, but maybe I'll release a video, a segment of it for your visual uh, desires. But Felicia Day, 
internet celebrity, star of the guild, um, star of Dr. Horrible, sing-along blog, movie actress, TV actress, will be my guest. We used to do improv together. It's going to be a fun time. And um, to close this out, at Oh That Dakota said, in a perfect world, hot dogs would naturally be born with bacon skin. Okay, that is genius. I couldn't agree more. In a way, they kind of are, because aren't some hot dogs pork? And pork is bacon skin, just in a different form. But I see what you mean, though. You want, like, full-on bacon. So you don't have to get them wrapped up and poked right through the stomachs with toothpicks like you see at weddings. And I feel you on that. Also, thank you to all of you who took took me up on the request to unseat Justin Bieber as the leading person on Twitter and encourage the Gleber fever hashtag and the only room for one fever hashtag. Um, good news and bad news. Good news. A lot of you took action. Bad news. Bieber's still in the lead by a lot. So keep it coming if you can. Encourage the Gleber fever and being a big Gleber and undoing Justin Bieber's dominance. But it's going to be a, it's going to be a bit of a journey to get there. And back to our news stories. Google debuts augmented reality glasses. On Wednesday, Google gave people a glimpse at its until now secret initiative called Project Glass. We talked about it briefly in an earlier podcast. They're the first venture for the search giant into wearable computing. They're not for sale yet, but there was a video showing them and they will be tested in public. They will stream information to the lenses of these glasses, allowing the wearer to send and receive messages through voice commands. There's a built-in camera to record video and take pictures. And Google said there's a misconception these glasses will interfere with people's daily life too much, constantly giving them information and distract them from the real world. But they say it actually frees people up from technology. They said one user who used it said, they let technology get out of your way. If I want to take a picture, I don't have to reach in my pocket and say, take out my phone. I just press a button on my glasses. Uh... How far is this going to go? What if we just exhale? And that ex- ex- exhale sends texts to a, to a monkey in the sky that takes photos of everything. Every one of your thoughts gets transposed into a camera view with Google Map imaging. Is there a place we're going to stop? How convenient? Is it a pain now to pull out a camera? We should wear a camera on our fucking eyes? Yeah, at the same time, I'm a little Natalie Imbruglia on this shit because I'm torn up about it. I'm torn because I want these glasses. Part of me wants these glasses. I think it's stupid and horrible, and I want them on my eyes. Scientists are also working on the exact same thing, but to be in a contact lens sometime in the future. I can't put anything in my eye. I can't put an eyedrop in my eye. I'm going to put a computer in my eye? What am I, Martin Short in inner space getting inside, shot inside Dennis Quaid? I'm not, for the record. But if I were, God, it would be a journey. Would have liked it during the Meg Ryan days, you know what I'm saying? Getting her inner space. Boom. Sorry for that, for that statement. I take it back. I take it back. Um, I read an interesting story in the New York Times by Nick Bilton called The Defense of Computers, the Internet, and Our Brains. Debated whether or not computers are bad for us. And he cited a lot of different things. He cited the book The Shallows that argues that the internet, computers, Google, Twitter, things like that are making us into shallow thinkers. And the neurocircuitry of our brain that long-form reading creates that he thinks is critical for society to function, he thinks is shortened and ruined by all the colored hypertext and the endless abyss of bite-sized morsels of information, and it's making us stupid. A lot of people believe that. But there are some who say we're just fine and indeed maybe better off because of the internet. Um, Steven Pinker, a cognitive scientist and professor of psychology at Harvard, argued on the op-ed page in the New York Times Friday that the outcry is nothing new. The same thing was cried out after the invention of the printing press, newspapers, paperback books, television. And now that fear just comes from search engines and Twitter. Um, but it seems to me clear that these things are positives. Yes, they do distract us, but they distract us in intelligent ways. You know, video games have been shown to stimulate areas of our brain that control working memory and hand-eye coordination. And uh, reading promotes deep thought 
and exercises parts of the brain responsible for reflection and reasoning and critical analysis. And then auditory storytelling stimulates areas of the brain involved with creativity, contextual thinking, executive functions. And the web combines all that together, puts it all into one delicious sandwich. And I want it in my eyes. I think it's so positive for human beings. I want it in my eyes. I would like to have a clear view of everything. I would like to have a Farmville going in my left eye. I'd like to have uh, porn videos in my right eye while I get streaming news updates and a ticker across the top. I'd love to get assessments on the threat level of people in my field of vision. This will make us all smarter as people. And we'll never see the world straight up again. Straight up, now tell me, do you really want to love me forever? Oh, 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 oh am I caught in a hit and run? Do, do, do. Macs can catch viruses now, rounding out our computer coverage. I'm a Mac guy. They tell you in the store, Mac can't get viruses. Well, now they can. Because apparently more than 600,000 Apple computers have installed malware known as the Flashback Trojan. According to a Russian antivirus company, 300,000 of those in the U.S., that's half of the Macs in the U.S. The Trojan first appeared last September, presenting itself as an Adobe Flash update. Oh, you got to update your shit. I do. I trust it. It's got an Adobe logo. Click. I'm fucked. But now, apparently, it can just come onto your computer without anybody even clicking anything. It just gets in there. This brings me to a fear I've had recently. That if bad guys want to screw us over or control us, or if the government ever wants to get us to comply with whatever they want us to do, whatever the new world order is, all they have to do is one thing. Figure out how to turn on our webcams when we don't know they're on. And then we're screwed. Government calls us into a meeting. They're like, hey, um, we'd like you to do this nefarious new program for us. And I'm like, no, I will not. I have standards and morals. And they're like, okay, uh, before you decide for sure, uh, take a look at these 6,000 masturbation videos we have of you. Um, looking at weird shit, man. We're going to show these to your mom. If you don't comply, be like, sign me up. I'll, I'll kill her. I got to kill. I, if I must kill Frank Drebin, I'll do it. Yeah, that's a naked gun reference, motherfucker. The most shocking story this week, obviously, was that Jason, Jason Biggs was attacked by monkeys. Actor Jason Biggs, American Pie fame, and his wife Jenny Mullen had a scary, dangerous run-in with maniacal monkeys on a recent vacation they took on a nature preserve in Gibraltar. See, apparently his wife, Molly, or Mullen, Jenny Mullen, taunted them with a tampon. Monkeys don't like tampons, okay? Monkeys are like Republicans. They don't want to know women have reproductive issues or things going on in their bodies that they don't understand. She apparently ruffled the tampon around in her purse to make it sound like a bag of chips. Everybody knows this is exactly the wrong thing to do because much as monkeys hate female reproductive issues, they also love chips. Monkeys love chips. They also hate American Pie movies, the whole series. So this is like a triple whammy right up the monkey's alley. What's other news this week? What's more important than that? How about a Kim Kardashian update? You got it. She's apparently dating Kanye West. Can you believe this? Kanye and Kim K together? That's a lot of K. That's a lot of, that's a lot of media power going on right there. Combined, imagine the Twitter followers. Apparently the relationship is just starting. They were photographed on the way out of a date to see Hunger Games. And apparently Kanye's been after Kim for a while. He just released his new song, Theraflu, last, this last week. When she said he had feelings for the reality star while she was dating Chris Humphreys. Um, here's a sound clip. Kim co-hosting the Today Show being grilled about this very subject. Well, let me ask you one more Kanye question because, you know, the lyrics of his new song, Theraflu, Flew, says, I admit I <laughs> fell in love with Kim around the same time she fell in love with him. Well, that's cool, baby girl. Do your thing. I mean, on Twitter, they're even calling you Kimye. I mean, do you want to clarify <laughs> this in any way? I completely respect and understand that you have to ask these questions. But I've said before, I mean, Kanye and I have been friends for years. And, you know, you never know what the future holds or where my life will take me. So I like the song. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, Kim. You're getting better at revealing nothing while revealing everything. Your giddy, schoolgirl-like banter indicates you're clearly boinking the West himself. And I think it's good news. Because you're such both ego-driven people, I feel as though maybe your two egos could cancel each other out. Could create a nuclear explosion. Iran might kidnap both of you and use you to enrich uranium. If there's that much ego, it might have a double ego effect. I don't know. It's hard to know that. The economy is growing, but that growing is slowing. I intro that story in a Dr. Seussian style. Whether this was seen as good news or bad news depends where you got your news last week. Conservative sites covered it like this. The streak of robust hiring in the U.S. economy has come to a close after three months of at least 200,000 new jobs added. The U.S. produced only 120,000 jobs in March, a disappointing number lower than expected. The unemployment rate did drop from 8.3 to 8.2%, but it's due in part to fewer Americans looking for work, not entirely to more people finding jobs. And stocks fell. Liberal sites cover it like this. Today's latest installment in official jobs data should be final proof, if more is needed, that the U.S. economy is no longer mired in an acute unemployment crisis. Continuing a trend now more than a year old of steady improvement. Of course, the truth, as it often is, seems to be somewhere in the middle. So I read a very interesting article in the Daily Beast by Zachary Carabell, saying that these numbers are not exact. They're made on a combination of surveys and samples and economic readings. And let me for a moment to just directly read to you the article's conclusion on these not-so-good, not-so-bad economic numbers. And I quote, Of course, what the the debate and the numbers fail to capture is the growing mismatch between the skills possessed by many job seekers and the skills needed by many employers. Hence, the dramatic gains in less-skilled, lower-wage jobs and the growing number of unfilled, skilled positions in everything from manufacturing to services. Economists are enthralled to the notion of employment as logical, predictable, and cyclical, with current problems being the product of a financial crisis and hence slower to mend. Politicians don't want to address the vagaries of class and education when discussing employment because that would require addressing the issues of class and education, not to mention race. And why tread willingly into that minefield when you can use high gas prices as an easy debating point? These monthly job numbers will only be helpful if they begin to force that discussion and demand attention to both what is working and what is not. Slavish dedication to jobs added and unemployment rate is easy and cheap. It will play well in the political arena, but it will not move our collective needle, unmoor our ship from the doldrums, or reshape our economy for the future we all crave. Okay, that's nicely written and all, but seriously, we got to get these gas prices down, you know? It's the gas prices only. Not that our economy is not being built to survive in the future. Not that our economy is being stuck by us defunding the major programs that we need to survive as a country, rebuilding our infrastructure. Not that we need to maybe, for example, finally get back in the top 10 in education on the planet. That's the future. We decide, ah, fuck it. Who needs school shit? We all hated school. We were in school, right? So fuck it, man. Let's just cancel school and give rich people tax breaks. And then the economy would be fucking great. For who? Whatever. Details. For the rich people. Details. Details. For the rich people mostly. But it's the fucking details. Come on. It's the fucking details. Syria violence getting worse despite peace agreement. It seems Neil Brennan was right in his prediction last week on last week. It seems he's right. It seems Bashar al-Assad made a peace agreement. And to him, peace agreement means escalate the fighting. He agreed to a ceasefire that should have gone into effect 6 a.m. last Thursday, according to the plan brokered by Kofi Annan, former U.N. Secretary General, now the Special U.N. and Arab League envoy to Syria. The Syrian, the Assyrian government troops brought in their offensive instead. Can you believe this? Fierce fighting broke out just after agreeing to a ceasefire, and there was hope. He agreed to this shit, and he said that by, by this coming Tuesday, which will be yesterday by the time you hear this, it's Monday night right now, um, they're supposed to officially withdraw all troops. And then once the violence escalated, Anon, uh, uh, sorry, Assad, Bashar al-Assad, the president of Syria, started going back and forth. He's like, well, 
we made a peace agreement, but I would like in writing from all opposition rebel forces that they're definitely going to stop fighting if I stop. Oh, you want in, want in writing? What is this, NBA contract negotiations? This is, you're killing these people. I'm not going to sit down and, and put you an IOU on paper and shit. Just back your troops out, man. Oh. Were they just jacking good old Kofi around? Yes, yes, Kofi. Totally, we're in for this peace thing. Great seeing you, man. Bye-bye. Up the attacks, fellas. Kofi Annan's gone, bro. We got a week of good press. Up the attack, up the killings, bro. No one's gonna know. Ask him for written pledges, some bullshit. I'm not gonna sign the don't be a dick pledge. I don't even know who the, I don't even know what this podcast is. Let me kill my people in peace. Come on, man. I don't know why I became Jamaican at the end, but you get the idea. Women park better than men. That came out this week. Surveillance of parking lots across Great Britain has shown that women are better at parking than men. A comprehensive study took seven different parking styles into account and drew some interesting conclusions. Women are higher quality parkers, although they do take longer to park. They are better at finding spaces, more accurate in lining themselves up to enter a space, and more likely to back into spaces the approved, recommended way. Men, on the other hand, were found to be more efficient and displayed more confidence, but less accurate when parking. Because they are less likely to reposition, they ended up more skew in their spots. This makes perfect sense to me. This is exactly how men and women are. Women are precision. Men are bravado. Women take longer to do shit. I talk about this all the time. Examples, women taking longer to do shit, having sex, staying awake after sex, uh, talking, getting angry, staying angry, getting ready always for things, earning the same amount of money for equal work. Not cool, but factual. Running a mile. Women take their time doing shit. The study also showed that men were more likely to pose park, which meant when they were driving with a female companion, they're more likely to choose a smaller space in order to show off. Yep. Because nothing impresses girls more than parking accomplishments. Maybe these dudes are just going for some sexual innuendo, squeezing a large item into a small opening. So there you have it. Women are better parkers. However, on the bright side, fellas, the conventional wisdom that women are worse drivers has yet to be disproven. So at least we still have that. High five. I just high five myself. That was, that was weird. Obama calling out Romney this week. President Barack Obama on Thursday called out his likely opponent by name for the second time in a week, which he had not done that in a long time intentionally. And he's trying to pit his vision for America against the Republicans. This is important because Obama's getting into general election mode right now. He's ready and he's saying the Republican budget plan that Romney's endorsed would make stark cuts in Medicare and then other programs for the poor and the elderly. Obama said, we're going to have a big and important debate in this country and I cannot wait. Uh, this is going to be a big debate and it's going to be a fun debate. And it's always good to have the truth on your side, boo-boo. And we're going to win the election. We're going to take back the White House. We're going to go to Yellowstone to celebrate. He didn't say the last part because that's Yogi Bear quote. But here's exactly what Obama said. If you want to in his exact words, fine. Here you go. And by the way, there is no way to get even close to $4.6 trillion in savings without dramatically reducing all kinds of tax breaks that go to middle class families. It is a Trojan horse. Disguised as deficit reduction plans, it is really an attempt to impose a radical vision on our country. It is thinly veiled social Dar Darwinism. Ooh. It is antithetical to our entire history as a land of opportunity and upward mobility for everybody who's willing to work for it. Oh, snap. That is large phrasing right there. He's phrasing this battle as a battle of good and evil, undoing all of what America is. But, hey, he's got to do it. Republicans have been doing it to him, too. You can call him the worst president ever, calling him a socialist. He's saying this is social Darwinism, trying to impose who will survive through legislation 
and saying only the rich should survive. Get rid of the old, the weak, the poor. It's very interesting. Romney hit him right back. A day after he won those three presidential primaries, Romney cited remarks by Obama that we covered on the podcast to Russian President Dmitry Medvedev last week that embarrassed Obama when Obama assured the Russian leader he would have more flexibility to work on missile defense after the election. Quote from Romney, he's intent on hiding. You and I will have to do the seeking. It's a gangster. He's calling Obama subterfugeristic. That's not a word for sure. It's definitely not a word. My friend Megan McCain, John McCain's daughter, second guest on my podcast, called out her fellow Republicans in her Daily Beast column this week, and I quote, What happened after we lost in 2008, and why are we worse off now? It's like the Republican Party decided to ignore calls for moderates, for a more open-minded party, and we're going full steam ahead in the opposite direction. For electing the next president of the United States, these are my options? One, Santorum, who is a lunatic right-wing fringe candidate that is hanging on to his candidacy for no other reason than once this election cycle is over, he knows no one will ever listen to him again. I have to expect Santorum to start throwing a tantrum on stage after he loses yet another primary and scream, if I'm not going to be a nominee, no one is. Two, Newt Gingrich, the overblown relic of the 90s with so much baggage and anger, he should really move to a country where he can be dictator. And three, finally, there's my boy Mitt, whom, yes, I support and no matter what, will vote for. But as his wife even has admitted, needs to unzip. Megan, got some gangster writing right there. Giving it to your fellow Republicans, I dig it. Only issue, under any circumstance, no matter what, you'll vote for Mitt. What if it comes out that he killed puppies that he kept on the top of his car and that was never reported? What if it comes out that he has 15 wives in true Mormon fashion? Still going to vote for him? I have to ask you this, Megan, during this next week and try to get an answer for you guys for next week. But still, it's very interesting stuff unfolding. Thunder round in one minute. Last pre-Thunder round story. Navy jet crashes into building. A Navy F-18 fighter jet careened into an apartment complex in Virginia Beach on Friday afternoon, tearing the roof off one building, setting at least two fires, and damaging five buildings in total. Both pilots on the plane safely ejected. The Navy confirmed that. Though they and five civilians were sent to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries, Now, this is the kind of plane crashes into building story I like. No deaths, no terrorism, no using this as the excuse to launch 15 never-ending wars that create millions more enemies for us. Just a good old-fashioned heartwarming plane crashes into building story. The story itself is old as time. Plane sees building, plane crashes into building, pilots eject from plane, no one gets killed, cool pictures get posted on internet. Song as old as time, song as old as rhyme, plane crashes building. Why am I singing weird old tunes from Paula Abdul to Disney send-ups? You know what that means? It's time for the Thunder Round. Knock on wood, the Thunder Round is here. This Mega Millions lottery story will not go away. One lottery winner remains anonymous while another takes the spotlight for grabs. Takes That's not good phrasing. Grabs the spotlight and takes it and grabs it for grabs. I'm going to go past the intro and just tell you the story. Um, lottery officials aren't releasing any information about the gender, age, or hometown of one of its three winners, the Kansas winner who claimed the $218.6 million portion of the super record-breaking jackpot. Kansas allows the winner to enjoy their winnings privately. So lottery officials still celebrate with horns, confetti, balloons, cake, and punch in the company of a cardboard cutout of a person. And the winning tickets, were the three of them, were in Illinois, Maryland, and northeastern Kansas. And in Maryland, though, this is the crazy one, Questions still surround a Baltimore woman who claimed to have to have the winning ticket, but then said she couldn't find it. This woman claims she stowed her winning Mega Millions ticket somewhere in the McDonald's where she works. 
held a press conference a week ago for which he showed up 45 minutes late in a pink shirt that read Sweet Swine. Her name is Marlandi Wilson. She texted and talked on her cell phone throughout the press conference while her lawyer answered questions about her rumored winning ticket. Quote, I can't say with any certainty this ticket exists. This woman is very confusing to me. Her lawyer says she wants to be anonymous. Then why are you holding a press conference? There's not even a winning ticket yet. And why is it a news story if nobody has seen the ticket? Is that all you have to do to get press these days? To just make an absurd claim? It's been weeks. She doesn't produce the winning ticket. She's still getting press coming to her doorstep? Fine. I can do the same thing. Last week on Earth Announcement, I am excited and honored to announce that I am the first man to walk on Mars. It was a secret mission that I'm only exposing now because NASA refused to name me Employee of the Month. I think that's bullshit. I'm the first damn man to walk on the moon. I mean Mars. Both. Fuck. Mars. First guy to walk on Mars. I said moon. That's part of the cover-up. What's a guy got to do to get Employee of the Month over NASA? Walk on Mars twice? So I'm telling you now. I'm blowing the lid off the story. I'm also the guy in charge of the crop circles. I did all that shit. Not just the M. Night Shyamalan crop circles, the real ones. Obama puts his face on basketballs for an Easter egg hunt at the White House. As part of its Easter egg roll festivities, the White House is conducting a basketball clinic for kids featuring pro players. That was the big news out of the Easter egg hunt this week. And the basketballs they gave the kids to keep had the president's face on it. How does this happen? How is this a worthwhile expense when we're broke as a nation? Put your face on basketballs. You know what doesn't look good, Barack Obama? Barack, Yogi Barack Obama. Don't do this. Don't give them reasons to, 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 to say you're being extravagant. It's an Easter egg hunt. Put some plastic eggs out there and go back to work. Who's the only person that could top this over-the-top outrageous Easter behavior? Of course it was Courtney Stodden. With her now traditional every holiday doing slutty photo shoots. She did a slutty photo shoot, super revealing outfit, bending over, picking up Easter eggs. My penis and I disagree on this issue because I think she's a, an attention whore and it's inappropriate. My penis is a fan. Uh, of her in a year when she turns 18, it will become a fan of hers. And don't ask where she hid the eggs. Just don't ask, guys. A woman claims her 38 triple K breasts saved her life in a car crash. A 28-year-old woman with literally record-holding titties claims her 38 KKK-sized chest saved her life when she crashed her car into a tree because she was not wearing a seatbelt at the time. She says her titties acted as airbags, cushioned the impact. This is why I encourage all women to get enormous breast implants for traffic-related safety. Although, I don't, I don't know about getting triple Ks. KKK breasts are known for being racist and not allowing themselves to be implanted in black or Jewish women. So, I would stop at J breasts and not go all the way to Ks. That's a little much. And our last story in the Thunder Round and in this last week on Earth. The flying car is finally here, everybody. Sort of. Almost. Not really. Kind of. Terrafugia Incorporated said Monday that its prototype flying car has completed its first flight. The company's goal is to sell the flying car within the next year. The car is called the Transition. Two seats, four wheels, and wings that fold up so it can be driven like a car. Last month, it flew at 1,400 feet for eight minutes. A hundred people have already put down a $10,000 deposit to buy one of these cars when they go on sale. And the car is being debuted next week at the New York Auto Show. But full cost, kind of a pricey $279,000. And here's the worst part of it and the disappointing part of the story. It will not help if you're stuck in traffic because this car needs a runway. Um, what? The whole point of the flying car is to be able to hop out of traffic and brrr, Jetson style over everybody. You need a fucking runway. I don't need a flying car. 
I just buy a separate car and a separate plane like everybody else does. I mean, what the F? We all heard the rumors on the internet last week about the taco copter being invented, a GPS-driven helicopter that delivers tacos to your door. Now, I doubt that'll happen either. Although, knowing us humans, the taco copter will probably be here before the flying car ever gets here. Thus reducing the need for us to fly our cars to the taco shop. Making us more lazy. Bringing the tacos to us via helicopter. I'll be in Fort Lauderdale April 25th. Zanies in Nashville with Ali Wong April 26th through 29th. Vegas at the Paris Hotel and Casino May 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Tickets available at benglebe.com. Click on calendar. Subscribe to my YouTube page, youtube.com slash bglebe. Follow me on Twitter at bengleeb, hashtag last week on earth to comment about the show. And I will leave you with the new poetry we mentioned earlier. Kanye West featuring DJ Khalid with his hit song that pissed off the Theraflu company entitled Theraflu until last week next week. This has been Last Week on Earth. This has been a production of Smodcast Internet Radio.